Empire. Deal back to Hachimura. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assists from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. One guy took his in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What's up, guys? We're not gonna be fucking sunk this year! We're the Stanley Cup champions! Thank you for joining us today. We are the Beltway Sports Bros. I'm Matt Vizana, and as always, my brother Noel. Please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and the Facebook group. Just search Beltway Sports Bros. You can also find us at BeltwaySportsBros.com. One last thing, if you are listening to this show right now, which obviously you are, please hit the subscribe or follow button so you don't miss a single episode going forward. All right, well, uh, later on in the show, there will be another installment of a Top 5 Friday. But first, let's start with a preview of the Battle of the Beltways. Hey, Noel, you over there? Yeah, alive? Battle of something. <laughs> battle of the Beltways. Uh, Remember when it was Beltway before and it was all... Yeah, you know, yeah, I know. We're like, there's two Beltways. It's like, shut up. Anyway, please. Um, <laughs> 495 is a beltway. Yeah. Everybody knows it as that. That's why we're the beltway, beltway sports bros. <laughs> or sports bros, yes. Yeah, you even got it wrong, God damn it! I think there actually is a beltway bros. They'll be coming after us very shortly, I have no doubt. Please, bring it. <laughs> bring that shit to me, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, the 2-1, and one, the 2-1 and one Baltimore Ravens will travel to Landover. Long trip there. To play your one and two Washington football team. Last week, Baltimore got beat pretty handily by the Chiefs on Monday Night Football, and Washington lost to the Browns 34 to 20. This week's game is going to be broadcast on CBS at one o'clock, and the Ravens are favored by a measly 13 points. Eh, not bad. I don't think it should be fun. Probably what it should be. Yeah. I mean, what are we talking at about? At least. So uh, let's go over the updated injury report as of Thursday. So let's start with Washington. Bad news to start, defensive end Chase Young is officially out of this game due to a moderate groin strain he's considered day-to-day. Preseason injury? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Wide receiver Terry McLaurin was limited because of a high thigh injury. Uh, He's expected to play, fingers crossed on that. Wide receiver Steven Sims Jr. did not practice because he re-aggravated his toe injury last Sunday. Doesn't look good. He hasn't practiced all week. Mm. Wide receiver Dontrell Inman was limited because of a wrist injury suffered on Sunday, but no word on that one as of yet. So, you know, three starting wide receivers all in the injury report. (laughs) Good start there. (laughs) Thank goodness we're deep at that spot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So right tackle Morgan Moses limited to his lingering hip injury, but he's expected to play as always. And then linebacker Ryan Anderson was limited because of an ankle, which I don't know how he's injured because he plays like 10 plays a game, but whatever. (laughs) And uh, finally, linebacker Cole Holcomb was limited again because of a knee. Could be back soon, according to reports. All those are listed as questionable. As for the Ravens, defensive back Anthony Levine, tackle Ronnie Stanley, and defensive end Derek Wolf all didn't practice on Thursday. Rookie defensive tackle Justin Madubuki, (laughs) I guess that's how you say it, is limited. I mean, I was looking down their their roster. I don't know who the fuck any of these people are. You're more of a homer than me. Yeah, but they don't have a lot of names on their defense. 
They really don't. They if you, don't? I'll name a few if you'd like. They've got some, but I would say the majority of people don't know who these people are, like myself. All right, so wide receiver Chris Moore added a thigh injury to his broken finger, and also it was limited on Thursday. So that's it for the injuries. Okay, let's start with the Washington offense versus the Baltimore defense, shall we? Go for it, Noel. Sure. I've, I've been talking, so I'm going to go take it. Yeah, that. that's for damn sure. God damn, man. I thought I was going to be on that injury list. Well, to start with the offense going against this Baltimore defense, it's obviously the the elephant in the room. Haskins has to play better. I mean, that's pretty obvious. I'm really not going to go there because that's the glaring one. This team has to run the freaking ball. Indeed. At the end of the day, I said it last week, I'm saying it again, they have got to make a concerted effort to run the football. It is going to alleviate a lot of things. The offensive line, Haskins, hopefully, this wide receiving core, it will help everything. Gibson, over the first three games, has been more than serviceable. He's averaged over four yards a carry in all three games, but he's gotten nine carries, 13 carries, and nine carries. Okay, I get it. Hey, you got rid of Peterson for this guy. This is the reason why Peterson was released. Let's give him a little bit of a workload and see where it goes. They have to make a concerted effort to run the ball. I don't know if you heard about this, but the reports are that Rivera, the reason he went from supporting Haskins after the game on Sunday to bashing him on Monday was because he watched the film of the defense and basically thought, holy shit, maybe I can win this year. And then also throwing in that the NFC East is terrible. Yeah. So was that before or after the timeout situation? Uh, that was after. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. So. <laughs> well, he's uh, apparently changed his mindset. Maybe Del Rio got in his head a little bit. Who knows? But yeah, Haskins, obviously, that goes without saying. I think he's on a shorter leash now. You know, you got Kyle Allen. You got your boy, Alex Smith. Kyle Allen could go in in maybe a shorter time frame than we think. But I don't know. The offense needs to, like you said, run the ball. I can't agree more. You've got Antonio Gibson for a reason. Uh, last game, he averaged 5.4 yards a carry. That's more than enough. The guy looks like he can handle a workload. I mean, he's got tree trunk legs. He, he runs way harder than we could have ever thought coming out as a wide receiver, hybrid type of guy. He looks more like a running back than most running backs coming out of college. Yeah. And he was a wide receiver. The guy's got big play potential and McKissick as well. You know, you and I have been saying this for two weeks. They need to pick one, or at least maybe I have. I don't know. I mean, they need to pick one and just stick with them because running backs, since the beginning of time, they need to get a lather going, you know? And that's why Adrian Peterson isn't here because that's the kind of running back he is, you know? And you got to see what you have in this guy. You just have to. And Gibson, I mean, you sit there and give him sporadic touches here and there. How can anybody get any kind of role going when they never know when they're going to touch the ball? And it looks like he can take a pounding. See if he can fucking do it. Absolutely. I mean, if they want to mix it up a little bit and bring McKissick in or bring Barber in for situational plays, fine. But just designate Gibson as the primary back. Give the guy 20 plus carries and see where it takes you. I don't give a shit if the average may go down. Maybe he gets 3.2 yards per carry. I don't give a shit. But there's a concerted effort to run the ball. And he has the ability to do that, I believe. And regardless if he does or not, the team needs for them to do this. Baltimore's pass defense is a beast. I don't care what the Kansas City game. They got they got torched, no doubt about it. But Kansas City is Kansas City. This secondary is good. Okay, really good people. He might not know the names of these people, but I do. (laughs) And I can tell you by looking at this team, you can't pass against this team easily. Now, 
thank goodness for Washington, they've played three teams that are heavy on sack loads, kind of like Washington is. They have a high sack rate. Baltimore doesn't have that, minus Judon and Campbell and guys like that. They really don't have a huge pass rush. It's kind of a a blitzing situation. So that's a positive in a way. They don't have that guy on the end that's going to just urinate on Christian like they have in previous games. But they do enough, and their secondary is a beast. So he's going to have to make accurate throws on the secondary, or it's going to be a long day. You can trust that. Oh, yeah. I think it's going to be a long day one way or the other. (laughs) I mean, you consider that shit. They let Earl Thomas go and said, fuck off. That's how good the secondary is. He had made the Pro Bowl the previous year. I know that there was locker room bullshit and all that, but they had just given him a freaking deal, man. And they said, bye. That's how good the secondary is. And um, he's going to have some serious issues. They need to pick a battle and win it. And this battle is not going to be won by him flinging the ball around. Slant patterns or whatever you think his strengths are, Matt, This battle is not going to be won with him flinging the ball around. I can promise you that. It is going to be a ground and pound game, and that's the only chance that Washington has on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, don't put it on Haskins. You can't. They've been throwing far too much when they have the ability and the proven ability to run the ball. So stick to it and see what happens. For God's sakes. I mean, you've got a coach in Rivera that that's what he's known for on the offensive side of the ball, being that old school type of uh, coach, even though he's a defensive guy. But on offense, it sticks on the field and eats up clock as a defense's best friend. Exactly. Get out of the defense's way. Keep the ball. Don't fuck up with it. And let us take you to the promised land. That's how his teams are based. That's what he played on. I know. Let's see it happen. Make a concerted effort. Tell Scott Turner, look, I want Gibson to get 20 carries. I don't give a shit if it's for negative nine yards. Yeah, I want him to touch the ball 20 times and see where it goes. Give the threat of a run. I mean, Kirk Cousins will tell you the time when he was with Washington, they couldn't run the ball for shit, but he was one of the best at play action passes Uh, because there was the threat of run, even though there was really no threat because you freeze the linebackers just for that split second. Even if you're not being successful running, they need to do that. They need to give this guy more opportunities on play actions and they need to give some kind of inkling that they're going to run the ball and not do these screen pass after screen pass and short pass. Try that. Go old school with it. And you can still throw in your motions and things like that, but go old school with it. I think it's a recipe for success. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. We've said this before. Keep it simple, stupid. Run the ball. You're going to have to pass. There's going to be some third and longs. There's going to be some situations that Hassens is going to have to make a play. He's a damn quarterback, for God's sakes. I'm not saying to cover his ass on everything. Let's just ease back on the dude a little bit and see what other strengths we have and not force a square peg into a round hole and make him make the plays right off the bat. Yes, you want to speed up the offense. Yes, you want to put him in situations where it's his strengths. Quick reads, quick up to the line, two-minute offense, things like that, of course. But at this point in time, if he's on a short leash... Don't sabotage his ass. He needs to go old school Norv offense. Yeah. Run, run, bomb. Right. Worst comes to worst, pick happens 50 yards down the field. Yeah. And that's another thing. Can we get some balls downfield, please? For the love of God. Can we get some balls downfield, please? If there's one trait that Haskins has, for God's sakes, regardless, at 75 years old, Haskins will still have a bomb of an arm. Okay? If there's one thing that the dude has, it's that. Let the guy, and I said this in the last game, 
Throw a ball downfield and see if he connects. His confidence level is negative right now. Now, you mean to tell me, everyone, that if Haskins in the first quarter off a play action hits a bomb to McLaurin, that he's not going to be jumping all over the place and that's going to blow up his confidence level? May the game not pan out that way, but it'll give him a little bit of a high. Let's get some excitement in the offense a little bit, okay? And you won't put the defense in a horrendous position because... Worst comes to worst, it's down the field and whatever. Exactly. And with that being said, moving on to the defense. Defense versus Ravens offense. So I'll start with this. So the Ravens offense can run the ball a little bit. A lot of that is... Speaking of running the ball, yeah. (laughs) Just a little bit. Against the Chiefs, even though they got crushed, they had 158 yards with a a 7.5 average. Pretty good. A lot of that is Lamar Jackson. But actually, he played like dog shit in that game with 97 yards, 73.1 QB rating. I'm not overly excited about this because I think, historically speaking, the Washington defense, and I know it's a different coaching staff and everything, but you can look at the Kyler Murray situation. A dual-threat quarterback is not something that they can handle very well. But Jackson was sacked four times and you know hit five times by the Chiefs who don't have a world-beating defense. So that's kind of what we do. Contrary to popular belief, the Washington defense has actually been pretty good against opposing quarterbacks eighth in the league at 88.3 quarterback rating. So yeah, only 6.9 average per pass. It's more than what Haskins is averaging, but you know, it's <laughs> that's not saying much. And, um, you know, then get to the quarterback, obviously that, you know, they got 13 sacks, but a little skewed because of the eight sacks in the Eagles game, but they are hitting the quarterback uh, with 21. So they got a, a, a big job on their hands here with that crew. And, you know, you're, you're talking about Mark Ingram at running back, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins. They got a lot of weapons. They don't have a lot of wide receivers, but they do have some really solid tight ends as well. And that's all really Lamar Jackson needs. So I don't know. We'll see. I just think they're going to have some real struggles here, especially with Chase Young out and Ioannidis now. I think they're really their two best pass rushers outside of Sweat. He's going to have a lot on his back on this one. A lot of sweat rolling down his back on this one. You know what I mean? Good one. Thanks. Look. Well, obviously, the defense has to contain Lamar Jackson. I mean, that goes without saying, just like we said, that the Haskins situation is like the glaringly obvious one. They're not going to be able to stop the run full tilt. Here's the kicker and why Kansas City was successful against some passing the ball, because he's still not at completely adequate passing it. He was inaccurate in that game as well. And you know what the big issue was, and they got four sacks, is because Baltimore got behind. That's the best way to beat this offense. Right. Is you get up on them fast and then they have to go into a different philosophy of playing offense. If Washington can get up in the game, which is a big if. Hey, they did against the Browns. But let's just say hypothetically they get up and you have to make Lamar make decisions, then they have a puncher's chance. But beyond that, and you said, you know, going with the pass rush, yeah, it's huge. Ionitis and Young being out. Sweat, everybody's sweating his balls. <laughs> But I looked at it again. He can't take those angles like he did in the previous game against Mayfield. Okay, He he takes those cut angles in, and he played like a beast in that game. I'm not denying that at all. But he takes those angles again, and him and Kerrigan on the outside take those angles. Lamar Jackson will urinate on them. Okay, I don't give a shit how fast people think. Sweat almost caught up with Murray. Yeah, he's fast. Okay, I'm not denying that for a DN. He's fast. But he gives those angles, and his head is on a swivel. Lamar Jackson will be 15 yards down the field by the time he turns around. 
Yeah. Yeah, they're going to have to be very mindful of the angles that they take. They're going to have to, I would assume, use somebody as a spy on him, which effectively makes you a 10-man defense. So that's an issue in itself. But I have a feeling it's going to be very painful to watch. There are going to be some back-breaking plays, Matt. There's no doubt about it. We said it with the Kyler Murray situation that it's just you cannot give up the backbreaker. And they did that against Arizona. They gave up backbreaking plays by Kyler Murray. They contained him with the pass. Our secondary isn't playing bad. Just like a lot of teams do, when you have pressure on the quarterback, it's going to help your secondary. They're good against third down. Their incompletion percentage against quarterbacks is one of the tops in the league. So they do it. Obviously, that's predicated on the pressure that they have on the quarterback. But I also think that they, because of the way that they play the zone scheme, sure, it's kind of a bend but don't break type of philosophy. And that's why you see those quick curl routes and things like that that are getting completed. But you're not seeing specifically last week, which they seem to have their shit a little bit more together. And maybe maybe they're coming together a little bit and not so many communication problems on the back end and things like that. Apke wasn't completely embarrassing. Fuller coming back was larger than we think, than we, than we gave it credit for. And he played on the outside, too. He did. He's a versatile guy that can do a lot of different things. He really helps with patchwork in tough situations. And um, look, Lamar Jackson ain't going past her 97 yards again. I can tell you that much. It's not going to happen. Is he going to pass for 87? No. He's good. <laughs> he better not. He's on my fantasy team. Oh, again, you're that guy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Look, I have a story for this real quick. Hold on. Yeah. So we did the top five about people you don't want to watch football with, right? Or yeah. sports with. I really like this guy a lot. He's one of my neighbors. I said, hey, you want to come over? I'm watching the football team right now. I don't know why. I just haven't seen him in a while. I was like, hey, come on over. He starts in with immediately starting in with, oh, um, come on, Odell. I didn't know this. I didn't know his team. He had uh, Baker Mayfield and Odell. Playing? Really? Really, man? And I was like, come on. I said, I just did a top five about this. I was like, do you want to leave? I was was kidding, but kind of not. I felt bad. You weren't kidding. I wasn't. You know, at that point, he comes in in the second half and actually Washington starts winning. I was like, all right, well, maybe he's a good luck charm. I don't know. And then bad things started happening. And I was like, hey, I got this podcast I got to do. So get the fuck out of here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks for coming over. That'll never happen again. And I did that to myself. Hey, you, you can only blame you. Yeah. Idiot. He's a nice guy. I just, you know. No, I was calling you an idiot. I'm aware. I'm aware. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to predictions. <laughs> so do you want to go first? You want me to go first? How do you want to do it? No, man, I can. I can go first. Go for it. I mean, I was right last week, so I get the honors, right? Oh, yeah. It's like at the tee box. <laughs> I'm going to make this short and sweet. We gave a couple of points about what the offense can do versus a Ravens defense, which is this is going to be a game again on both sides. The strategy should be to run the ball. We know that's going to be the way with the Ravens. It should be that way on the Washington side. We'll see. At the end of the day, Baltimore wins 34 to 14, and it's not going to be pretty. I think Baltimore's going to get up quick. I don't think Hassan's going to have a good day. I don't know if it'll be the nail in the coffin, but. This isn't your grandfather's Ravens defense or anything. I'm not saying that, but they're good. And the way that they're good doesn't suit Haskins to have a successful day. That's fair. And, you know, I said this before, but historically speaking, and this year, just Washington does not play dual threat quarterbacks well, and and you can't get more dual threat than Lamar Jackson. It's going to be a painful game. They don't have enough speed on defense to contain him laterally and the team laterally. And you can see that when teams run directly at them, they do pretty well. But 
I think that you're going to see a lot of runs left and right, spreading them out and showing that they don't have the speed that's needed to stop this offense. And then, you know, on the offensive side with Haskins, don't throw the ball in the middle of the field for the love of God, but he probably will. And bad things are going to happen. It's going to be a long day. Baltimore wins 30 to 17. Oh, man, we're kind of close. Yeah, this could be your first right. I hope I'm wrong, but I will say this. Yeah, me too. I hope I am always <laughs> hope I'm wrong when I pick against Washington, but... I think I might be going for a streak here. It's going to be an ass kicking. It's going to be 30 to 10. But this time, Rivera's going to use his timeouts and they'll score a garbage time touchdown to make it 17. <laughs> <laughs> We're making progress. Yeah. All right. So moving on. It's that time again, Noel. What time is it? It's top five Friday time. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> I got to get a uh, recording or something for that, you know? Uh, I think my props and... And my voice is good enough. (laughs) I don't need all that CGI bullshit. CGI. This is sound. (laughs) Man. Anyway, today's installment will be top five worst youth sports parents. So on this, we're going to be talking about parents that are, I guess, completely clueless about how stupid they look or think they're smarter than the coaches, things like that. Just shitty parents at their kids' sporting events. Yeah. You look over and you're like, really, man? (laughs) There are 11-year-olds on the field. Calm the fuck down. You know, stuff like that. So it should be fun. All right, let's get this thing going. Noel, what's your number five? Okay, my number five. So, well, hold on. Before we get started, I just want to give you a little backstory. I know I've probably said this before, but, you know, I coach my son. I'm a parent on the sideline for for my daughter's team, and I'm a coach for my son's team. So I've got both perspectives here. So for this one, this annoys me regardless if I'm the parent or the coach. So number five, overprotective parents. Hmm. Oh my gosh. And it, it could be the dads or the moms. It doesn't matter. Like the kid gets injured. You know, we're not talking about like his Alex Smith here. <laughs> we're talking about like the kid gets a ball to the stomach or something like that, you know? And he goes down and the mom like gets out of her chair and she's Bobby like and, and runs out onto the field or like makes it halfway out. I've been in situations where, you know, a kid's taking a ball to the face. <laughs> I give him a second to recover himself from it. I'm not running out there like he just got shot. And the mother or the dad will look over like, you going to do something about this? No, I'm not. I'm going to let him be a man for two seconds and get off his ass. These parents, they want to get out there so bad or they're the first one to them. Man, kids have become such wimps because of this. Yeah. Kids are the worst in general. <laughs> this is yeah. what they do with kids. This is the parents, though. But what do they call them? Helicopter parents, I think is yeah. the term. They put them in bubble wrap if they could. Yeah. And they throw them out there. The kid doesn't even want to be there. Yeah. They're they're basically forcing them to play sports. And they don't want to be there. And they if they get hurt, they freak out when they do. And they blame the coach or blame whoever. And why are you playing so hard? You know, like if he gets hit in the face with a ball, well, he should have probably been moving and actually playing the sport, not picking grass or the fuck he was doing. <laughs> and they just make matters worse. Yeah. You know, the kid is fine. All of a sudden, then he goes out there and the kid starts to cry. It's just like when your your child, your three-year-old or whatever falls, don't react right away. Because the moment you react, you're going to get it an additional reaction from the child. Yeah. You would think these people would have learned that with a fucking 12-year-old on the field, but they don't. So anyway, that's that's my number five. It drives me bonkers. Yeah. My number five is parents who chatter throughout the game 
about how they would coach the kids. So this is my, actually my number five because I've actually done this myself. You're that guy. <laughs> no, you just kind of latch on to a guy that you don't know his name. That's me personally. I never tend to know anybody's <laughs> name. So I sit there and I, he introduces himself the first game and then he, somehow he knows my name throughout the entire season. But then I don't know his, but we're talking, you know, nice guy, nice enough. We did this during Evans flag football season. This coach was horrible, absolutely horrible. But, you know, you're trying to like keep it low, like so he doesn't hear or other people. <laughs> oh, shit. Was, it, was that his wife right there? Like they really <laughs> ran the ball on that play. Like, talking, oh, yeah. Talking schematics and everything. Well, you know, yeah. I, why wouldn't you put this kid at wide receiver or throw the fucking ball? Or how about you run the ball? You know, and, yeah, and these, everybody's an expert. Everybody's an expert, but. <laughs> concern that somebody's hearing and then like you know why don't you coach the fucking team then asshole exactly i mean so. the poor guy's a fucking volunteer for god's <laughs> sakes like he's getting paid the big bucks try to remember yeah no I, but I've, I've been guilty of it as well why isn't your kid playing like i'll be uniting with another parent and say dude your daughter or your son was playing like a complete beast why the hell aren't they in the game like what the hell's going on like stuff like that you know just belittle the coach to a certain extent it's kind of a bonding experience between parents yeah exactly. you don't know their fucking name you wouldn't give a shit if they drop dead next to you but there's that bonding experience when it comes to uniting against a shitty coach yeah it, it just brings people together yeah something that we can all agree on yeah i'm sure they do that to you all the time Noel, which is great please <laughs> all right my number four is just so you know is overprotective parents as well so what's your number four uh my number four is absent parents oh yes Hey, if I had to choose between an, a cackling parent or a parent that doesn't shut the fuck up versus an absent parent, I'd definitely take the absent parent. But in this case, it just freaking bothers me. You know, you're practicing with the kid. I think I touched on this before. The parents that show up to the practice that drop their kid off and they'll stay at the practice sitting in the chair and on their and texting on their phone or whatever they're doing the whole time. Scrolling. Their kid is running around like a chicken with their head cut off, completely misbehaving. The kid's yelling like a maniac and they don't even look up from their phone. This is like, this is my time. <laughs> or they'll drop them off at the game. Really? You got something better to do on a Saturday at one o'clock in the afternoon. You really what? Got to get errands done for that whopping one hour. Hobby Lobby. You know, I mean, it's freaking ridiculous. Really? Just I'm not saying that you have to be at every game. Sometimes you got shit to do. But I definitely had parents that would be just point A, drop off like a taxi service <laughs> and drive off and be like, all right, I'll see you in an hour. And they sure as hell won't get out of the car if it's a rainy game. Oh, please. You freaking kidding me? <laughs> please. I'll see you in an hour. Make sure you take your cleats off before you get in the car. <laughs> How can you do that as a parent? To leave your kid not having any support for them? I mean, it's got to it's gotta be rough on them, you know? I'm sure some people on this call can <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't relate. know anything about that, but... Yeah, I mean, it's got to be a little demoralizing for the kid to know that your parent isn't willing to just sit there for a freaking hour. There's positives and negatives, like I said, to both. Sometimes it's better that the parent not be there if they're a complete nut job. All right, what's your number three, Noel? Uh, my number three is flirty moms. Hmm. Yeah, like the mom that sidles with the coach. You know, when you start to get to those higher level competitions... Everybody is vying for position. It's disgusting. It's almost like those little beauty pageant shit with like honey boo boo. <laughs> you know, it really is. It's pretty disgusting. And you see these these moms that I'll be team manager because your kid sucks and that's the only way that they're gonna fucking play. 
okay? They know that if they're, like, collecting the money or bringing the oranges, they might have an opportunity for their kid to play another five minutes. They're completely doing it. They'll make sure that they always are talking to the coach, like, hey, coach. (laughs) Like those, oh, they're disgusting. They're the worst people on the face of the earth. The worst. They're awful. Yeah, like they are. They're they're awful. Rapists, they, murderers. Uh, no, it's uh, <laughs> debatable. Just saying. I mean, you just see them go over there with that smug, and they're just strictly doing it for strategy for their child to be noticed more. It's awful. I've seen it so many times. Shit, it's happened to me to a certain extent. I don't get it as much as like these competitive teams, but I've noticed some of the parents are very, very nice to me. Like that guy that's not funny that everybody laughs at. Oh, yes, sir. Excellent joke there, sir. (laughs) You're in a position of power, Noel. Yeah, I'm in a position of power. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. So, hey, buddy, what's up? Hey, coach, how you doing, man? Great game last week. (laughs) Like those guys? Oh, yeah. Definitely the flirty moms and the kiss-ass dads. Ugh, disgusting. Well, I can't add much to that. But my number three is (laughs) (laughs) is the guy who tries to give the coach advice. I actually dealt with this at one point when Kristen actually had to coach. She somehow got railroaded into this and then I kind of took over. I ended up like half the season actually really coaching the team. Again, getting railroaded into that. Not really my cup of tea. Not It's more your not thing. Not for the no. love of the game of your kids. Huh? I got railroaded in. Well, I uh, still go to them and I'm not an absent <laughs> parent. Uh, but he comes over, kind of starts a little joke, tries to work his way in, kind of like what you're saying with the moms that do that kind of stuff. But then it slowly turns into works his way up to he didn't take my advice when i was nice yeah like I, why isn't he taking my advice yeah little bits like, and pieces now, oh yeah well, i'll show you like this is how real coaches do it <laughs> fuck you yeah i had that exact situation with this kid who was just an athletic freak his dad never played soccer before and he started bringing balls and stuff like extra balls like oh ones yeah that we had better ones that trying to like quote unquote assistant coaches way in yeah and then he would yeah. start to do that during practice and everything yeah, and he started no. to work I've his way those. in i was like i'm nope you can have this buddy but i didn't even want to be there number one i wanted to be on the sidelines just hand him the whistle <laughs> and walk off and i actually told him i was like hey you seem like you're more cut out for this than me why don't you go ahead and do it he's like oh i, I don't have time yeah crickets shows up when he whenever he wants you know i've been that guy too And I've actually gone and had meetings with coaches. Look, I coached your teams. I've been coaching. I've been playing. And I'm paying a good amount of money for my daughter to be on these club teams. So, yeah, I'm the customer, okay? So if that situation is going to happen, I've gone up to a coach and been like, look, you ain't doing shit. I don't know what the hell you guys are practicing, but it ain't right. So, yeah, I've been that guy, and I'll continue to be that guy. It's probably cost my daughter at points in time. Where, you know, I've been considered like the crazy Italian asshole. But if they're being stupid, they need to know it sometimes. Especially if I'm paying the coach. Now, if they're a volunteer, hell no. If you want to take over the whistle, buddy, go ahead. All right, moving on. What's your number two, Noel? Tearing in the refs. Hmm. Some of these parents are nuts, dude. I'm not saying, hey, there's been a couple of times. Is this just your list? Like, is this just about you? Is this the list of me? I'm trying to repent. (laughs) You're reflecting or deflecting, I should say. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm trying to repent. I've I've turned over a new leaf. No, but man, I'll tell you, there is an etiquette, though. If I see some guy on the field that sucks, and the thing is, some people will be screaming like a maniac at this dude or whatever it is, and they don't even know what the fuck they're talking about when they're yelling at him. But the problem I have is like the 15-year-old lineman 
<laughs> you know, he's like, huh? he's just like trying to make a couple extra bucks. The poor kid. He's like a lineman at a soccer game and uh, makes a bad call. And these parents will just be ostracizing him. And he's right there in front of them. He's like, uh, sorry, sir. You know, and they're just crushing this guy's life. These parents, they're awful. They're absolutely Did awful. Did you know that I, I refed uh, youth soccer once? Yeah, 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 I do. Everybody's pretty nice to me, strangely enough. Shit. I mean, I I've seen some games, man, where, man, that was offsides! <laughs> that was offsides! Like, this poor kid, he's like 15 years old, but his mom dropped him off for him to ref the game, <laughs> and these people are destroying him like they're playing for the fucking Super Bowl. It's absolutely insane. That part, I'm not saying I haven't gone off on a ref, but I'll never go off on, like, one of those kid refs. Absolutely not. That's that's sick. You remember when um, Mother of God, <laughs> when that kid was shooting the free throws and he got that bullshit call he had those two on time free throws and he missed them both because you yelled it was quiet yeah. you could hear a pin drop in that place uh, i fouled out <laughs> yeah you went and he missed it <laughs> went in overtime that was in my crazy no etiquette days Man. when i was in my young days how you've grown um <laughs> well my number two and i'm not sure if you've seen this before but loud party moms who treat their kids games like a tailgate i have seen this <laughs> Hey, at least they go. I guess that's one positive. Yeah, but, hey, hey. But, you know, these housewives or whatever they are, they show up with thermoses full of wine or liquor or whatever with their other housewife moms. It's so embarrassing. It is. It's all And throughout the game, oh, yeah. they, they get louder and louder because, you know, it's starting to kick in. And, you know, and then they just get obscene. And then you can see the husbands are like, oh, okay relax they usually stand apart they've got their little cackling hens group, that's true too like the drinking cool moms yeah. like clink, clink. <laughs> hey girl what you got in that thermos today like those fucking idiots god i hate them and the dad's just standing on the other side you know with the other dads or whatever so but they're usually separate i mean i've seen men come in with beer as well oh yeah no absolutely what the fuck is wrong with absolutely. these people you're at a children's game <laughs> The fields now, you're not allowed to bring alcohol down to the field. They act like they're smart, like they're they're rebels because they have their thermos with a screwdriver in it. It's disgusting. You know, like, get the fuck out. Like, for an hour game, dude, you can't pull yourself together. You're watching really? children at 8 o'clock in the morning or whatever, and it's like... It's like 35 degrees out. That vodka keeps you warm, man. The Russians have oh, been yeah. using it for centuries. You hear the ice clinging, and it's like, Yeah, disgusting. like, give me a break. Like, they have their specific thermos for the alcohol. <laughs> They don't want to mix that with their work coffee thermos. No, never. That's blasphemy. God, if you have a thermos that's specifically for alcohol, you have a problem yeah. to take to a kid's Well, game. and then they think, oh, well, this is my Saturday. I'm going to have fun. It's, it's day drinking. Yeah, I mean, shit. Like, you think I want to be here? <laughs> like, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to do it my way. <laughs> yeah, drive the kids home drunk. Nicely done. Yeah. All right. Noel, what's your number one? My number one... And these are the worst parents. I thought the other ones were the worst. The ladies. The ladies are pretty fucking bad. <laughs> but the parents that scream like maniacs and carry on that don't know anything. Mm -hmm. The worst are like the redneck dads. Oh, yeah. That never saw a soccer ball in their lives. They, they thought that it was like a communist sport. <laughs> but their daughter plays, so now they know everything. Like... That's a foul! Like, what the hell are you talking about, you idiot? And they'll yell more than anyone. They don't know anything. They'll make comments. You played fucking baseball your whole life or freaking basketball. Or nothing. And now you've come... Yeah, and you've now you've come to a soccer game and now you're an expert because your kid knows how to kick. Skeet shooting. Like, yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Like, I'll give you an example of this. Okay. Okay? And this is a story. 
So bear with me for just a moment. Uh, settle in, everybody. Story time with Noel. <laughs> so we had this tournament. I drove like seven fucking hours to get to this thing in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. We get there before the game. Mm-hmm. Five minutes into the fucking game, Natalie's dominating this girl to the point that this girl's hitting her in the back and this and that. Finally, and Natalie's a big girl. Finally, Natalie shrugs her off, and this girl goes down and shrieks like she just got snipered from a rooftop somewhere. (laughs) Some fans are on one side. We're on the other side. The dad, literally in suspenders, full fucking beard, looked like he just came out of a fucking coal mine, (laughs) runs down from the stands, jumps the fence, and like a ref has to get in front of him as if he's going to come at Natalie. And Natalie. Yeah. I don't know if he was running to check on his daughter because she's rolling around on the ground as if her arm had just blown off. <laughs> Shrapnel. Or he was going at Natalie. In the meantime, I'm on completely the opposite side of the field. The ref runs over, gives Natalie a red card. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, fuck, what do I do now? I'm seven hours away from home. Is she even going to play anymore in this tournament? I walk around the field. They're booing, they're hissing like maniacs. I go to our coach, I say, look, are we done for the game? I mean, do I just need to turn around and pack her shit and drive home? No, no, she's just going to be out for this game and maybe the next one, but we're good. Finally, I look over at the ref, I'm like, really, a red card? I said, she's rolling around on the ground like she got shot. Well, this guy in the redneck with the overalls goes bonkers. That's my daughter you're talking about. (laughs) He comes screaming down the stands again. Jumps over the fence, and I said, calm the fuck down, Duck Dynasty. Take it easy, dude. It's just girl soccer, all right? It's just girl soccer. Then they kicked me out. They kicked you out? They kicked me out. You're out of here. You're out of here. So, man, it was glorious. They stopped the game. They waited for me to leave. It was ridiculous. I didn't even do anything. Did you just escort it out? They waited till like, got inside my car. Oh, my God. That's how long they waited, and I took my time, too. This fucking hillbilly, he had looked like he had come out of a wheat field, and he's screaming like a maniac the whole game, knows it all, couldn't tell you what a soccer ball looked like if his life depended on it. Those are the type of people that drive me bonkers. So yeah, the ones that scream the loudest know the least. Agreed. And funny enough, that's actually my number one as well. But I don't think that I can beat that, Noel. So... (laughs) I think you did good, and I'm just going to go ahead and uh, and call it a night, if that's all right with you. You know, and going to your point, going to another screamer, like the moms that scream like, guys, hustle! <laughs> yeah, you know, right. Talk to each other! <laughs> talk to each other! That was awesome! Go, guys! She, come on! Wait, she didn't even know what talk to each other means. She just, what is talk just to heard you? Where did you hear that on fucking Premier League one time, or set piece no she heard it from some other idiot and it just gets passed out Ugh, disgusting they've put rules in place because of these idiots that scream during the game and they still do (laughs) it there's bylaws when you sign up for these leagues parents cannot scream and they still do it oh it's good to have youth sports back man so good just started up again around our area about a week ago so it's nice to have it all back but This is the shit you have to deal with. You know, remember that they're freaking kids. I forget it sometimes, too. I'm guilty as charged that they're just kids, even when I'm coaching. But let them have fun, man. Let them have fun. I went through it myself. And Matt, you've been through it, too, with just crazy fucking parents. And uh, it takes the light out of it. It really does. So give them a break. It's a very millennial thing for you to say, Noel. Nicely done. I'm growing, man. I'm growing. Like Benjamin Button. (laughs) That's going to do it for this episode. (laughs) 
We're on all major podcast platforms. Please rate, review, and subscribe. If you like this show, share it on social media. Maybe you'll get a shout out. Again, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, the Facebook group, and our website, BeltwaySportsRose.com. Hope you guys enjoy the game, and we will see you Monday.